Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Art of Fulfillment, a podcast all about what we're really searching for in life, which is fulfillment. So today's guest is one that is so special and so awesome and has done just incredible things and I think he's got a lot to really give to us in terms of wisdom and his experience and to help us a little more on how we can become more fulfilled in our lives through kindness. Our guest today is an expert when it comes to kindness, human connection, authenticity, and of course, fulfillment. He is a renowned world traveler that has been to over 90 countries, but his journeys are far from typical as he once traveled through America, the UK, and Europe on only $5, five pounds, and five euros respectively, traveled the globe on an old motorcycle with no money, food, or shelter, relying completely on the kindness of others, and most recently, drove from Alaska to Argentina during this, doing the same experiment of having no resources, but relying on the kindness of others. The latter two of these journeys are documented in his Netflix series, The Kindness Diaries. What makes his trips even more special is that he gives kindness back to those who have shared kindness with him in ways such as funding other people's dreams, providing housing for homeless people, and paying for life-changing surgeries for those in need of it. And if that wasn't enough, he also drove from London to Mongolia to raise money to buy 10,000 books for underprivileged kids in America. Although he's currently a force for kindness, he wasn't always a sway he used to be a broker who was financially rich but emotionally poor. Thankfully, he was able to find fulfillment by really pursuing what was important to him, which was teaching people to find their inner rebel to come out and play. He is the author of several best-selling books, with his newest book releasing on March 28th called Go Be Kind, 28 and a Half Adventures Guaranteed to Make You Happier. His genuine passion and raw display of kindness is incredibly touching, and as he shares his stories with the world through motivational speaking events and social media. So please help me in welcoming the man whose kindness, joy, and fulfillment has been featured on CNN, Good Morning America, and NBC, Leon Logothetis. Thanks for coming on the show, Leon. It's my pleasure. That was the greatest introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much. And <laughs> and yeah, it, it was is an easy intro to write because you just got so much, you know, to, that, that you've given in your life. And I just think it's so just special. And I could have kept going with all the amazing stuff that you did. But, uh, you know, obviously, I don't want to to make the whole podcast an introduction. So it was my pleasure. And, and I'm just so grateful to have you on the show. So why I thought you were such a great guest for the show was not only like the amazing, incredible things that you've done, but that, you know, you really fit into the mold of what this podcast is all about, right? So our podcast is meant to show people that you know life is not all about uh, chasing money or chasing material things or 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 you know gaining the approval of others it's all about fulfillment and so why I thought you fit the mold was that you know you were a broker once and you had all the money that you could ask for but you were utterly depressed and so uh, you know what was missing from your life and what did you do to turn it all around so you can live a more fulfilling life well look I think the the main thing that was missing was human connection um, but on a deep level, yeah, sure. I had friends, I had family, but I was totally disconnected. I felt alone. I felt very depressed. There was no real sense of purpose for my existence. And, um, on the outside, I had everything, uh, on the inside, I mean, I had nothing that you would want. Let's put it that way. Um, and I stumbled across the movie, the motorcycle diaries, which mm -hmm. is a romanticized version of Che Guevara traveling around South America on kindness. And there was something about the adventure and the, the humanity that really touched me in a beautiful way. And after watching that movie, I decided to quit my job um, and start traveling and really going out there and meeting people and, and hopefully 
you know, becoming a better human being and, and really connecting with people. That's what I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's so just so special, right? Because I think a lot of people get out of touch with a connection these days because and it's it's tougher these days too with all technology and social media. You're not doing it on a face-to-face basis. And I love how you say that in order to connect with people, we really need to see them and hear them. So what do you mean by that? And how can we learn how to see and hear people, not just from a sensory basis, but one where we can really connect with them deeply? Well, People often say to me, what is the greatest thing that you've learned on your journeys? And Mm -hmm. the answer is always that we are all the same. And what do I mean by that? I mean that ultimately we just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. We just want to be loved. We just want to feel like we matter. And when you see someone, that's what you give them. And you see their strengths and you see their weaknesses and you, you don't judge them and you make them feel that their vulnerability is acceptable and mm. you make them feel like, you know, that, that they can share their pain, they can, they can be themselves and that you, as another human being, acknowledge that part of them, their very essence mm. Yeah, I love that. I love how you talk about vulnerability because – and it's, it's easy – to be vulnerable once you realize that everyone's the same, right? Everyone has problems. Everyone's got their flaws. And so when you realize that and you can say, Hey, like I'm okay to share my flaws cause, cause he's just like me and I'm just like her. And, and, and that's when it becomes really beautiful. And, and it kind of relates to the next thing I want to ask you is cause um, you know, one of the things you talked about that held you back in life w- before you made this, you know, radical transformation was that you cared what other people think. And I think that's what holds people back from being vulnerable. So for you, like, how did you learn to stop caring what people think, like how, what people think of you? And, and how did you kind of approach that? Because I think that's a tough area that a lot of people fall into. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm not a master in not caring about what people think. Um, <laughs> I still, to a certain degree, you know, I do. But more often than not, I don't. And the the way I did it was because I'm just following my heart. I'm following my dreams. I'm following what I want to do in life. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You know, it's okay if you don't like it. That's that's none of my business. What's my business is what's going on in my life and and the people that are affected by my message. That's my business. Um, But it's not easy. And it's an easy thing to kind of fall into the trap of, oh, if they don't like me, I'm not going to do it. But sometimes you get to a place in your life, and in some ways I hope that your list, some of your listeners are there because maybe that'll inspire them to jump off the cliff. But something, <laughs> you know, it, 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 if you jump off the cliff, at the end of the day, you're going to jump in water. So don't worry about that. But my point is that ultimately, um, if you are following your heart, if you are following your dream, if you are following your own magnificence, then it's not relevant what other people think. And you will find that the more that you follow your heart, the more you follow your dreams, there may be haters out there. And uh, you just have to do your very best not to listen to them. And if they do get to you, find a friend who you feel connected to. Find a friend who you feel okay being vulnerable with. Find a friend who you feel okay sharing your pain with and share it. And then the haters will, will, their message that sticks in your brain will melt away. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah, it it, it kind of resonates with the quote that I love is you are the average of the five people that you hang out with, right? So if you hang out with people who you're connected with and who are genuine and who are vulnerable, like you said before, you can learn how to do that yourself and it'll allow you to not just care what other people think, but to lead from your heart, like you said. So um, we were talking a little bit about this before on how, uh, you know, you if you live by your heart instead of living by your head, then your whole life can change and you can start to be more fulfilling. So so can you explain a little bit more about like the dynamics between living in your head versus living in your heart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy, <laughs> it's easy to say it. It's harder to do it. Yeah. Um, look, for, for example, let's say you're at work all day. Okay. Mm-hmm. You spend 12 hours at work and the work you do is very, you know, let's say, uh, let's say you're a broker for what, for, you know, you're finance, you're in, you're an accountant, very headspace-based, yeah? And the next morning, instead of going to work, you go to, the, you go to a forest and you just sit in a forest and you sit there. You will immediately go down into your heart. You will immediately go into a different vibration. So that's my best way of explaining it. Think about the times where your head is used um, exclusively, which is when you're, let's say, doing something like accounting, and then flip it and go into nature and be with nature. Your your mind will slowly, slowly melt away and your heart will be the one that is living for you. Wow, that's an amazing answer. I love that because I think about it and you're like, I'm like, wow, like I do feel much more in my heart when I'm like out in nature or I'm just, you know, by myself in a nice peaceful place, right? Where everything just seems so tranquil, right? We're not thinking about uh, all the things that could go wrong or we're not, you know, thinking, oh, well, if I take this risk, then it's going to hurt me, right? Like we're, we're just us, we're just being. And so I'm curious, like from your perspective, like going from like the broker world to, you know, one where you're traveling outside your head, like, was it like an immediate shift? Like once you started to make that move, like, were you like living more so in your heart or was it something that you had to like train and get used to before, you know, you really were fully... Uh, able to live in your heart basically the way i just explained it like let's say being an accountant and being in the forest most of us can't live in the forest okay Mm. so you may think to yourself well you know what is he talking about i can't live in the forest but if you were to experience your body and your being when you were in a forest you know what it feels like to be in your heart the trick is to live like that when you're in your everyday life. Mm. And that's a challenge. And not a challenge that I succeed at every single day. I don't. But like right now, as I'm here speaking to you, I'm kind of like using both sides of my brain. I'm using left and right. I'm in my heart, but I'm also in my head. And have you heard of Joseph Campbell? Yes, absolutely. Uh, The power of myth and hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. So he has a very famous quote, which I'm going to completely butcher. But basically (laughs) what he says is that we have to master both worlds. And what I mean, what I think he meant by that was that you have to master the accounting world, let's say, and the world that we live in, the human world of the news and, and the work. And then you have to master the forest world, let's say. But you have to master them both simultaneously and that's the challenge to be able to do that and the reason why i said about the forest was sometimes you have to go all the way to the extreme to feel something 
and then go all the way to the other side to feel the other thing, and then they merge. Wow. Wow, that is awesome. I've never heard anyone explain it like that. And and it's it's so true, right? Because like when when you're able to do this in your life, and sometimes you're gonna need your head, right? Like, you know, to like pay some bills and budget out money, right? Because like that stuff's important. But you know, at the end of the day, like if you can learn how to synchronize those two together, I think that's where true fulfillment really, really comes from. And so like kind of just building on that a little more, like, is there anything that you like else that you do to like kind of get in your heart a little more? Like, I don't know if you, you meditate or maybe you like have like some daily practice that helps you to, you know, live a little more in your heart. Because, um, I think like for some meditation is an area where people can learn how to get in their hearts and gratitude is one. I don't know. Do you have any daily practices that help you to kind of do that even when you're in the kind of like the, uh, the, the head world, so to say? Yeah. So I meditate. Mm-hmm. I, I do breathing exercises. Oh, interesting. I, I listen. This is a trick that another trick that I have that some people think is insane, but I don't. And that is I listen to certain songs that are very powerful or very beautiful for me. I listen to them on repeat and it, it kind of like puts me into this meditative place. Um, and it's a very, it's, it's a trick that I use on my journeys. It's a trick that I use all the time, actually. Put on a song, listen to it over and over again, and you get into a meditative place. Wow, that's interesting. I'm definitely going to have to try that after this yeah, because you should try yeah, it. I'm going to try it when I'm at work tomorrow <laughs> and definitely let you know how it goes. That sounds awesome. Um, and, and you know, you, you said that you use this on your journey too and, and you know, when it helps you like get into like a meditative state out there. And, and so – like one quote that I've heard you say that you really like is never, never give up. And I'm sure like in the times that are really tough, like to get in that meditative state, it's really helpful. But aside from that, what are the things that inspire you to never, ever give up when the things get tough? Because man, there were some episodes where I saw where you were in some pretty tough situations, like your bike broke down, you didn't have any gas, you didn't eat all day. Like for most people, they'd be like, if I was in that position, I go nuts and probably just go home, but you stuck through. So my question is like, what inspired you to never give up in those moments? Well, first of all, that's a very famous quote from Winston Churchill. Yes. And as you know, uh, Winston Churchill, uh, in, in many ways, single-handedly fought off the Nazis. Yes. He, you know, the British people did as well, but he inspired them to keep on going. Um, and the reason why I never, never give up specifically when I'm on the journeys is because I know at the end of them, we will have a show that will touch millions of lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm, I would let people down if I gave up. So I keep on going. And I also keep on going because there's another famous uh, Winston Churchill quote that says, when you find yourself walking through hell, keep walking. And what he means by that, I think, what he meant was when the, the times are tough, don't go back because you have to keep walking through it. And when you reach the end, the light will appear. And you just have to hope that it's not a train. No, that's a joke. <laughs> that's great. No, I love that. And it's, it's, it's great, too, because I think it aligns with, with one of my beliefs is that getting out of your comfort zone always leads to growth, right? Like the things that are uncomfortable, like right, being through hell, like you said, or, or being in situations where you have to like literally rely on the kindness of others, like that's like really uncomfortable. But I can guarantee you that, you know, at the end of those journeys and at the end of anyone's journeys that are so uncomfortable, they come out a better person. They come out, you know, more insightful, much more whole, much more authentic. And, and I also love how you said, I think about the people who would be inspired by my show. 
And it's great because it outlines the point that, you know, we, we can do so much for ourselves, but if we have a motive for others, like to serve others and to, to serve a higher purpose, to impact their lives, that's what can really keep us going, right? Whether it's like a kid, a loved one, or, or maybe just, you know, millions of Netflix viewers in your case. So I think that's just absolutely awesome. So it's really interesting when I, when I do the journeys, this specifically the last journey from Alaska to Argentina, there were, I did it in the middle of winter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically up in Alaska. So I, for about 2000 miles from Alaska to Canada, it was winter, snow, ice on the road, everything. And I kept on asking myself, I would actually say to myself, why are you doing this to yourself again? What is wrong with you? Uh, and, and, and the answer would always come back. Well, People are going to watch the show and they're going to be inspired. That is why you're doing it. And I would be like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> because if there was no reason and there was no purpose, I would stop. I'd be like, this is insane. Like I saw a guy, I live in LA and I saw a guy with a yellow beetle, uh, 50, like it was old, older than mine. And my first impression of this guy was what is wrong with you? Why are you driving this car? And then I thought to myself, Oh my God, you drove that car from Alaska to Argentina. So there has to be a purpose to everything in life. That's, that's really the, the main driver of fulfillment, I think, is to have a purpose, is to have a reason. Oh, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Like when you know your why, right? Like whether it's you're running a marathon for like to raise money for cancer or something, right? And you have that reason or if it's, you know, trying to, you're trying to like build a business that's going to help customers in some way, right? And you have that purpose. That's what keeps you going, right? It's not like about like making the money. It's not about like getting famous, right? It's about serving others and, and knowing the reason why you're doing it because the having a reason that's going to inspire you is ultimately going to push you through the tough stuff. And I, I love that. I love that point so much. And so, you know, talking about your journey specifically a little bit, I love one of the most amazing things that I love about some of the, some of the, you know, people that you meet is that there are people who seemingly have absolutely like nothing, like, you know, no home, no money, like, especially the story where you met Tony, like that man, I would be lying if I said I wasn't crying when I watched that, but he literally gave you almost like he gave you so much and he had absolutely nothing. So what is the difference in those people from the people who have it all, but they're not giving anything like they're not giving anything away. So I, I think the people who have nothing actually have far more than the people who have everything because mm -hmm. they have community. They have togetherness. They have um, their humanity intact. And those with much externally, success-wise, um, don't need each other as much. They rely mm. on their money. They rely on, on their success, whereas the others rely on their hearts. And that doesn't mean that, you know, the people who rely on their hearts don't want to have money. There's nothing wrong with having money. You can have money and still be connected. And you can have no money and be disconnected. But on many, in many instances, that's what I found, that those with the least were willing to give of themselves the most. Yeah, 
Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And and I totally recommend anyone to watch, you know, some of these episodes that were, you know, if you ever think that you don't have enough to give, like, right, as a person, you should just see these people as, as models that it is possible. Like, no matter what you have monetarily, no matter what you have in terms of material things or friends or network or whatever, you can always have something to give. And that was, I think, one of the most important lessons that I saw, you know, from your journey. And, like, even when you went along, too, like, you didn't have money with you. You didn't have shelter. But you still gave kindness. So why is being kind you know, so important to create a fulfilling life because I think a lot of people poo-poo kindness and they see it as like weakness, right? Like if I'm kind, I'll lose my edge, you know, all this typical backshot. So my question is, why does kindness lead to fulfillment in life? Well, let me I'll, I'll, uh, mention something else. When people tell me that kindness is weakness okay. and when I give my speeches, I put on a, an image of Muhammad Ali on my screen and I tell them about Muhammad Ali, how he was, you know, a man of love, how he was a man of kindness, not perfect like anyone, but still he was a man of love. Um, and I then put a picture of Muhammad Ali knocking someone out. And I say to the, to the audience, how many of you would mess with Muhammad Ali? And no one yet has put their hand up. And the whole point of that is that you can be kind and you can be strong. So when someone tells you kindness is weakness, tell them the story of Muhammad Ali. Love that. That is awesome. That is so great. And so like why why is being kind like like so fulfilling? Like why do we feel good when we when we're kind to people? You know, like I, I think a lot of people like they think, you know, oh well, I'm not I, I can't be kind because people aren't nice to me. But if they were to try being kind, what is kind of the fulfillment and the joy that they would receive from that? So when I when I speak to people or, or or when I'm giving interviews or doing podcasts or whatever it is that I'm doing, I ask the and in fact I'm going to ask you a question to answer. Go ahead. That answer, okay. Yeah. How does it feel when someone is kind to you? Incredible, best feeling. How does it feel when someone's mean to you? Not great at all. <laughs> okay. So you just answered the question. When you're kind to another human being. The feeling you get when someone is kind to you is the same feeling they get. And it's also a win-win. You both win. Yeah. Like if me and you are having this podcast, let's say, and we're both being mean to each other, we're both going to lose. Yes. But if me and you are having this podcast and we're both being pleasant, which we, which we are, we're both winning. It's a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I love that too, because it's like, it illustrates the point that when, if you really want something in your life, right, whether it's love or kindness or whatever, you just got to give it right. When you give kindness, you get kindness. When you give love, you get love. Like, I think that is such an illustrated point from that. And, and also too, like to connect back to your point about human connection, when you're kind to someone, you can connect with someone so much more because then they can be themselves and they're like not feeling like they're getting judged. Right. If you were like mean to them. So I think that's just so, that's so awesome. So. Do you know what? You just made me realize something. Yeah. The, 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 the true connection, the true connection between kindness and human connection because ultimately, human connection is what we all want, okay? Right. And kindness is the portal to human connection. Because once you're kind, you are connected. And if you're unkind, you're not going to be connected. So kindness is like the doorway to feeling human connection. 
Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to post that as a quote on my Instagram page because that was beautiful, man. That was awesome. I love that. And and so I think that answered my another like question I was going to ask is like, how do you feel more connected? Simple. Just be kind. Just be yeah. kind to people, right? Yeah, that is awesome. That's awesome. So another thing I want to talk about is, is you got a book coming up, which I'm so incredibly excited to read. Um, and I was wondering if you could share at least one adventure out of the 28 and a half, just to give our listeners a sense of, you know, what the, what kind of like they, they're going to get in store and once they pick it up, uh, if you, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. So one of the things, one of the adventures is about becoming a hero. And many people think that being a hero is being a basketball player or a soccer player or an artist or, um, or a musician or a DJ or whatever. Yeah. But m- for me, the definition of a hero is simply being kind. Mm. So you get the opportunity on one of these adventures to become a hero. And that is to go out into your community and do an act of kindness. And not just like, oh, okay, here's a flower. Or, oh, okay, I'm going to stop a, an old lady and let her cross the road. That's all great. But I'm talking about being a real hero. And to be a real hero, you have to make someone feel like they matter. You have to connect with someone. You have to be kind to someone. You have to make someone's day better. You have to inspire someone. So that's one of the adventures. If you want to be a hero... I can't even remember what what adventure it is, but it's one of them. Uh, awesome. Yeah, no, I totally challenge all of our listeners to to do that adventure right after they listen to this podcast. Because like you said before, right, when you're kind to someone, you feel like a hero and you feel great. Like not just because you're getting anything, but just because you just made an impact on someone's life, no matter how big or small it was. So I challenge everyone to go out and, and, and do that challenge. And so I'm also curious, like, when you were like, where did you come up with these challenges? Were they something that you derived from your journeys or your life experience or, you know, maybe some research that you did? I'm curious of like how you came up with these um, adventures. It's kind of everyday things that I was doing anyway. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. things that people were sharing with me. Like, for example, one of the adventures is to ask a child what kindness means to them. Because uh. kids haven't lost that kind of like pureness and as adults, we kind of look, we lose it and we forget. And when you ask a kid, hey, kid, or whatever your name is, <laughs> what, what, what does kindness mean to you? And they tell you something so pure that it touches your heart and it opens something in you that's like, whoa, I forgot what kindness means. And this eight-year-old kid just reminded me. Right. And that's so awesome, too, because it shows that it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, you know, what race or color, even to go like a little further than that. Everyone, everyone loves to be kind and they love to receive kindness. Right. And it doesn't matter like what age you are. And I love that point, too, where you're saying when we get older, we we tend to forget those things and what kindness means because we develop these like barriers in life. So um, and, and kind of like I know there's a book that you say you really like. Um that it talks about how from an early age, it like explains the things that we do, that we do. Oh man, the title's escaping me right now. Drama of a Gifted Child. Yes, that's the one. Drama of a Gifted Child. So what was like the thing in that book that, you know, was so impactful in your life? And, you know, maybe maybe a nugget that you can share that maybe will help people to look into, you know, why they are the way they are. If they're saying like, oh, I want to be kind, but maybe I'm just not hardwired for happiness. So, so basically, the beauty of the drama of a gifted child is it explains why we do what we do. So why are you doing, why are you, 
running a podcast? I mean, maybe you know, yeah? Why yeah. am I doing this now? And I, for years, I wouldn't know. I'd be like doing all these bad things. And I'd be like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And it's all related to how we grew up, to things that happened in our lives. Yes, there are certain genetical things as well. But how we grew up and, and the experiences we had sh shape who we are. And I never realized that. I was like, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm a bad person. Oh, my goodness, blah, 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 blah. But no, I went back to the beginning. I, I kind of dived into my own history and fixed myself by understanding why I do what I do. And everyone, I would suggest to get that book. I shouldn't be plugging that book, but I am because it's the most important thing. That book changed my life. Oh, awesome. No, that's great too. Cause I'd love to hear like what shaped, you know, the minds of like all the people that we talk with. So no, I appreciate you sharing that. And it's definitely something that's on my list. Cause I heard you talk about it and I just heard you talk about it again. And I'm really excited to do it. Cause I believe the same things, right? Like when you, you know, that the patterns that you developed are something from your childhood, like that's the first step in fixing it. Right. So it's really great. And to talk about, you know, the Ky the kindness Diaries season two, which just released on Netflix, what was the most special journey out of, um, uh, the last season i know how you said in the first season it was meeting tony in pittsburgh um so in this second season which one was the most special to you and the one and what was the lesson that you learned from you know that encounter so the most special moment was in ecuador i ended up meeting this lady that uh dedicates her life to saving dogs mm -hmm. and one day i woke up and i realized i was so kind to this dog i was so i gave him so much love and I was like, what would happen if I gave that same kind of love and that same kind of kindness to human beings? And I did for seven days. And I realized that kindness was a choice. So, and I coined the phrase Winnie Love. So I went out into the world and I gave Winnie Love. And this lady that I met in Ecuador was just magnificent. She had been, she was old and she'd been abandoned by her father um, and she couldn't have kids. And she realized that she had so much love to give that she wanted to help the abandoned animals because mm. she had felt abandoned. Um, so we got talking. She cries. So, so profoundly beautiful. And in the end, I, I don't want to tell you what the gift I gave her was, but I gave her a gift. And it, yeah. was, it was very beautiful. It was, it was like a, a true connection, a heart connection. Like a heart. I may never see her ever again in my life, but she will always be in my heart. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I love too how you saying, uh, you know, you, you, you give so much love to a dog because I think most people, when they see a dog, they just go absolutely nuts for it. They're like, oh my God, it's a dog. It's amazing. Like how, what if we actually did treat other people like that, even though we never met them, right? You just be like, wow, like, you know, you, you're, I just really like your shirt. Like you're great. Like, you know, and start to just act that way and, you know, not have our barriers up all the time, you know, with, with our egos getting in the way and all that stuff. Like when we see a dog, we never put our egos up for it. So that's just like absolutely awesome. I love that. And, and so another thing I want to ask is like, what is something you know, there's being kind that people can do every single day and meditate, but what's like another, you know, simple daily thing that someone can do every single day to live a more fulfilling life. Make the people that you meet feel like they matter. That's it. Whether or not it's a waitress, whether or not it's someone at the spa, whether or not it's a, um, an air steward, whoever it is, make them feel like they matter.
Yes, absolutely. I love that because we all want to feel like we matter, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just a great thing. Like to go back before, once once you give it, then you get it. So if you want to feel like you matter too, like make other people feel like they matter. I think that's just absolutely beautiful. And and we're coming on the tail end of the podcast, but I also want to touch on something that you are really big into is like living by something you're really passionate about and something that you're really excited about. And a question that I get a lot from our listeners is like, how do I find my passion or how do I find what I'm excited about? So how would you answer that question? And how did you find out that, you know, traveling and doing what you do um, is your passion? What did you like doing as a kid? I'm asking you that question. I'm asking all the listeners that question as well, but I'm asking you. What did you like doing as a kid? Oh, man, I just loved creating things that made people really excited or made them feel good about themselves. That was, you know, whether it was writing a story or telling a joke or doing something like that, I just loved to, you know, do something that, that lit other people up. Well, well, that's exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Right. So for the listeners, I would say answer that question. What did you like to do as a kid? And that is where your 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 passion your purpose lies there now you may not have the this may sound harsh you may not have the courage to follow it you may not have the finances to follow it i don't know but it lies there yeah and i love that and it's coming full circle too because you talked about you know how when we were kids like we don't have like the barriers in life but then when we get older we start to develop them it's like just like our passions too like we have so much love and we're not even worrying about oh you know can I afford this? Or is it going to work out? We just did it as a kid. And so we got to like get back to that. And I love that question that you asked and, and to touch on fear, like you said, like, you know, some people might not have the courage to do it. Like, was this journey, these journeys, all of them, were they scary to you at all? And if they were, you know, what allowed you to push through the fear along with, you know, knowing your purpose for it? Cause I think some people they'll know their purpose, but they're still so scared. And so like, what would you tell someone who's like really scared to, to take the leap? I was, I definitely had fear. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't uh, circumnavigate the world on a yellow motorbike without fear. I mean, it's, <laughs> of course you're going to have fear. Um, and I think what kept me going was I would think to myself, a wise man once said to me, think about what it would be if you're 90 years old and you're in your deathbed and you look back at your life and you realize you didn't live. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that and I never forgot it. And I don't want to be my, in my 90s looking back at my life and thinking I didn't live. No, thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think it's like people think, oh, my God, like that's such a scary thought to think like I'm going to die one day. But I think it's liberating, right? Like when we can accept the fact that we're going to die, then we can appreciate every single second that we have in our life because it's like we're never going to get that back. We're never going to get the chance to to redo our lives. So we just got one shot. And so it's empowering because it gives us, you know, the opportunity to make what we want of it, which I think is awesome. So, you know, you got a book coming out and, and you know, you just had the Kindness Diaries release. What's next for you in your journey or maybe something that you want to do? Any any like updates in your life and, and what you have coming next? Season three of the show, Scotland to Singapore. Scotland to Singapore. And are you doing that in a car or a motorbike? What, what's uh, your... Uh... Uh, yeah, we're doing it in a yellow submarine. A submarine? No, I'm joking. Oh. I, I, I don't know what we're doing it in yet. It'll probably be kindness too, to be honest, because although she broke down quite a lot, she she pretty much worked as well. Right, right. Yeah. For those who aren't familiar, kindness too is this old yellow uh, beetle that he was talking about before. And, and that 
it didn't have any uh, any heating in it too when you were driving from Alaska, correct? I was literally frozen. <laughs> That's just crazy. That's crazy. I remember like saying it's like, oh, at least you can like blast the heat on, but then you were like, yeah, there's no heating in this thing. I was like, oh my gosh, like this dude is nuts. <laughs> yes, so, he is. That is awesome. So before I ask my last question, uh, where can our listeners uh, find you on social media and and also you know your show, The Kindness Diaries, of course. So they can find me on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Kindness Guy, mm-hmm. um, and they can find uh, the Kindness Diaries on Netflix all over the world. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone here watches Netflix, so this is a show that you want to bookmark and just totally you can binge through it and get get a box of Kleenex too. Because listen, I'm not afraid to say that I definitely needed it when I was watching it because it is it is a beautiful show. So my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and how do you find fulfillment in your life? Fulfillment means to me living with my heart wide open, having as many adventures as possible, touching as many lives as I can, and finding a woman to drive around the world in an RV with. Mm, so I if love you're that. a woman and you want to travel around the world in an RV, you can find me at The Kindest Guy, and let's go on an adventure. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be so much, it'd be great to have like an adventure partner, right? Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure you got your cameraman there too, but you want someone to also experience, you know, the full thing. And any woman here, I mean, dude, this is a guy that if you want to travel the world, if you want to like make an impact and you want to be with someone who's just genuine, man, this is the guy that you you want to be with. So, <laughs> so I'm definitely plugging, plugging your dating profile in there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Leon, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And oh, man, I'm so excited to see what you continue to do. I'm excited to read your book. And and I'm just so excited to share this podcast with our listeners because, oh, man, I, I learned so much from you. And, and it's it's truly an honor to have you on the show. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Of course, of course. All right, guys, I hope you were taking notes during that podcast because I was just totally amazed by it. And I'm sure that you're just so inspired to go out and pick up his book and watch his watch his TV show because he's just a wealth of knowledge and just so genuine and passionate. I hope he's helped you identify some steps that you can take to live a life of more fulfillment. You can find us on Instagram at Meditation for Millennials. You can ask us any questions um, if you have any on fulfillment, meditation, anything like that. And thank you so much for tuning into the episode. We'll see you next week.